What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Small World Business Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm here with my co-host. Dan Poku. It's the small world and business connects us all. So let's buckle up and let's grow together. being said, welcome to episode three of the Small World Business Podcast, guys. I'm happy you're here. Knocking them out, man. Yeah, really. Kind of flying through here. Uh, What we're going to kind of talk about today, uh, catharsis and burnout, uh, something that everybody in business experiences, whether you own the business, whether you work for the business, whatever the case is. Personal life. Yeah. So something I actually wanted to get off my chest first before, and I don't even think I've talked to you about this, Mm -hmm. is looking back at an email that your friend, I think her name was Lee, Mm -hmm. sent us. I went back through that last night and went back through some of the feedback that you and I got from episode one. And I read through it really quickly the first time around, like right when you sent it to me, and I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I had stuff going on that day and whatever, so I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But last night, for the first time, I think I went back and I read it like three times in an hour, and I Mm -hmm. was just mowing through it. And it really, really hit hard, it hit home. I, obviously growing up playing sports, and like you could attest to this too, is that I always grew up with feedback that wasn't always positive. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, that was a really crappy shot. You got to fix this, this, and this, but then you make the next shot. Or, hey, that was a horrible throw. You got to get your hips through, but then you complete the next pass. Right. Looking at it it in a sports sense is something that I had to kind of switch on in my brain. Because I read it as, hey, you guys fell short here, and you fell short here, and you Mm -hmm. fell short here. And I don't think until the last time I read it again that I realized really the last point in everything that Lee said and the three family members that she had comments on it as well, the last point in all four of those sections was really like, if you guys correct these smaller issues, you could put something really cool together that we would love listening to. And I think that I kind of got overwhelmed by the four or five pieces of improvement. I don't want to call them negatives, but pieces of improvement. Yeah, very detailed too. And I think that when I was going through it, I got so overwhelmed by the places to improve that I missed the, hey, you've got a good base, mm-hmm. grow on it. Right. Um, and so I kind of fell into the trap that we talked about last week, the imposter syndrome, where, hey, maybe we're not good enough, and maybe this whole podcast thing isn't for us. Mm-hmm. And and then I stopped, and I was like, get your head out of your ass. And I'm like, what is what am I thinking? And so I'm really sitting there thinking, you know, maybe I need to call you up and say, hey, maybe this isn't for us. But I stopped and I said, no, you know what? We put out two, I don't want to call them great podcasts because I don't think that they were, but I think they were very authentic. Right. I felt like they were very good conversations that you and I have pretty consistently. Definitely. And one of the things, I've got it written in my notes somewhere, I don't really know where, is one of the comments in, in an email that I received a while back is that leaders and owners show and accomplish their goals by sharing the process. And I think that's what you and I are doing. Part of what we're doing is trying to be real and authentic. And by giving that feedback from Lee and Lee's friends, I think that we were able to experience that, that feedback. Mm-hmm. But what I kind of want to do is redefine us in this podcast and kind of okay. set a clear example as to what we're looking at right. and want to do. Like our outlook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so one of the things that I think is really important, I think that you would agree with me here, is when we redefine us, what we're trying to do in this podcast and in business in general, we're trying to redefine business and how listeners see it and how maybe we see it. And I think that it goes perfectly with the whole catharsis and burnout uh, part of today's episode. 
social media really shows owning businesses and you know being in this go 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 mindset as very glamorous. You know, you own a business, you're gonna fly a private jet and you're gonna make millions of dollars and you do this. What they don't show is being up until 3 a.m. And it doesn't show, you know, a couple weeks where maybe you don't make any money because you lost a couple clients. It doesn't show what it's like to try and get those clients when you don't have the way of doing it. The cold calls. Exactly. It shows the glamorous sides of, hey, you've been these people have done it for 10 years and they made millions of dollars. But don't worry, I've got to get quick, I gotta get rich quick thing. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that that really, really is something that I wanted to kind of shine some light on. And growing in the business sense while also trying to maintain a life. And I think that's what we're really based upon in this podcast is showing this is what it's like to start a business and try and grow a business while you and I are in two different stages of our lives. You're, how old are you again? I'll be 34 in June. Yeah. So you're pushing mid thirties. I'm early (laughs) twenties. I just graduated college. You've been in finance for 10 years. Right. You're about to start your career. Yeah. We're in two very different spots in our lives, but at the same time, we're trying to accomplish the same goals. We're still connected. Yeah. Yeah. And so being able to build that team, that's something that you and I have talked about a lot in the past week is building a team around us and what we're trying to do down the road. And having these meetings and building capital and all of this stuff while we're still like, you know, hey, there's midget wrestling at the bar across the street tonight. Did you want to go after we're done recording? You know, whatever. The, sorry, Dan's mad that I call them midgets instead of yeah. short people. I little apologize people, if you're out there. People, okay. you audience, <laughs> I apologize if you're listening. But that's, that's the reality of it. Right. And there's a reason that, you know, I started this podcast, this episode with the sentence of let's grow together because... Mm. It is a small world and business really does connect us. That's why we chose the name Small World Business. And that's why I want the audience to grow with us authentically. I want them to see, you know, we screwed up here, here, and here. And, you know, it took Dan and I, it took you and I like, what, 15 minutes to do freaking mic checks today to make sure that people could actually hear us? (laughs) I'd like the the record to show we're batting one for three. And I'm just saying that batting .33 puts you in the majors. So (laughs) I'll take it. It's not too bad. But I mean, that's that was something that I really wanted to get off my chest because I was reading through those emails and I was like, right. I was like, holy and I was the same shit. At first, even like with feedback in general, because I feel like we're both perfectionists, so it's like when you get the feedback that you don't necessarily want to hear, but I feel like we need it to kind of grow this whole podcast thing that we're trying to do. Um, so at first, when I read it, I was like, oh, okay, all right. Then I read it like a couple more times. That as one well. stings a little, but yeah, but they're right. I mean, we're. And we're not professionals yet. No, we're not just close, yeah. From the ground up. So it was like, of course, episode one wasn't the best, but I feel like, you know, episode two improved a little bit more. Hopefully this episode will, you know, be, be able better. to be heard. Yeah, the last two. Um, so it was like any of the feedback that we received definitely was beneficial for us because knowing like how we work, we're definitely going to take it and use it, you know, to better ourselves and better the podcast. So the material is just going to get that much better, you know, once we put the work in, once we continue to, you know, improve episode by episode. So, you know, it's definitely a work in progress, but I feel like we'll get there. You know, we use the feedback as motivation, too. So we need it. So, yeah. I mean, and we definitely I mean, we definitely appreciate it as well. So, right. Lee, I don't know if you kept listening after episode one. If you did, I appreciate, I appreciate it. And Dan does, too. Yeah, just for taking the time out to even be that detail with their feedback. Oh, my God, yeah very much appreciated because like the one thing that they mentioned was like having a tagline which is like we should have a tagline listen to this podcast they do have a tagline even like trying to get like intro and And you're working on the music now yeah right so like step by step like we're gonna like i said last time by the time episode 110 comes around it's like 
we'll probably have a legit studio at that point where mics will be live, you know, we'll have people helping us out. So we're just taking it, you know, step by step. And I think that, I mean, that pretty much covers what we want to talk about for past episodes. So we're going to kind of get into the meat and potatoes yeah. of what today's episode's really about. Uh, and you wanted to really touch on catharsis, I think, or excuse me, catharsis is my point. Yeah, yeah. So but it you, kind of goes hand in hand with burnout. It does, absolutely, yeah. And I think that a lack of catharsis leads to burnout, really. Right. So let's go ahead and, you know, start with catharsis. And I think the whole point of this is that business is hard. Mm-hmm. Owning a business is hard. Running one is hard. Shit, working for one is hard. You have to find a way to get rid of that stress. And everyone does it in a different way, takes a different route to do it. Certain people turn to drugs and alcohol. And I've I've fallen prey to the alcohol thing. I mean, being a college kid, there was always the excuse of, oh, I'm in college, it's whatever. Right. But when I was in six classes and running a business and I had a dog, it got really tough. And really? there would be Tuesday nights where I'd go out to the bar with my buddies until bar closed. And it was like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do that when I have a 6 a.m. session tomorrow. Right. <laughs> So that's one way that people do it. People go through stress eating, you know, and eating crap that they shouldn't eat all the time. People go through violence and aggression. And I don't necessarily mean hitting your partner, but I mean, maybe you punch a hole in the wall or maybe you just scream, you know, people go through all all sorts of different ways to really find catharsis in their lives. I think that you and I do a really good job of finding relatively healthy ways. Yeah, Uh, especially now. Yeah, especially especially now, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, whether that's lifting or that's yoga or whatever. I mean, I know that you meditate, which I think you've mentioned really helps you. I just, yeah, I probably started meditating for like the last year or so. It definitely helps. Like something I'll do like when I wake up, I start off with like with a prayer. Then I'll meditate for 10 minutes or so. And I'll do like guided meditations because I'm not the best at like kind of sitting there for 10 minutes and, you know, doing breath work while I'm trying to meditate. So... I use like the Calm app a lot to do meditation and like YouTube videos as well. But it definitely helps me, like especially in the morning, kind of like get into my day. And then at night, I meditate as well. So you meditate twice a day? Uh, sometimes three if I'm having like a stressful day <laughs> and I'm working from home. Like I'll like, you know, during my lunch break, I'll go and meditate real quick. And then it kind of helps me bring me back to center, I would say. It kind of helps me, you know, get that energy I need to kind of finish out my day. So at least twice a day, I try to meditate. Sometimes three if it's needed. But... Like you said, it's finding healthier ways to 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 deal with that type of, you know, stress is, you know, the best way to do it. Like, of course, sometimes I'll come home and I'll crack a beer after a long day, which is reasonable. But like like you said, trying to find like the healthy balance. Do you find it hard to clear your mind meditating? At first, yeah. At first, it's very tough. That's why I do guided meditations because they kind of walk you through it. If I'm just sitting there trying to meditate, what do you what do you mean by guided meditation? So it's like an instructor in the background, and they're like, all right. On, on three, we want to take a deep breath in, take a deep breath out, and they're like, they're speaking like positive affirmations. Okay, you're doing a good job. Let the thoughts come in and out. Um, don't be, you know, because sometimes with me especially, like if you hear a noise and it like throws you off your rocker. So like, it's okay, you know, you hear the noise, let it go, back to center. So they kind of like got you through it the whole time. Because if I'm just sitting there by myself trying to do it, it's, you know, it's not going to last for 10 minutes. I'll probably get a good two minutes in and I'm like, all right. I'm out of here. That's fair. I mean, I one of my really good buddies does yoga over at a gym in South Tampa called Camp. Okay. Swears by it. He says, "I've had no, good too. You know, I've had no back pain. Yeah. I'm much calmer. I'm much happier." Right. And I'm like, at first, I'm like, "Yeah, whatever. It's a bunch of mumbo jumbo." <laughs> but now that I have, you know, really a month off to kind of just mm. hang out and develop some stuff, I was like, you know what? Maybe I can use a clearer mind. Yeah. So I finally hit him up, and I think we're actually gonna try doing yoga tomorrow. 
Uh, this is the second week in a row where we're now recording this in the middle of the week. Right. So it kind of gives us some weird spare time where we don't have to worry about doing this on the weekend. Yeah. And I'm and I'm going out of town again this weekend for another wedding. You know. Yeah. Awesome. Time of year. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, and so he I, he he hit me up and was like, "Hey, let's go ahead and do yoga today." Actually, and I was like, "I'm." pretty congested and stuff I'm trying to work through that so I'm going to go buying medications and crap from CVS like let me let me figure my life out and my body out and so I think we're going to try and hit yoga up tomorrow and I'll definitely report back next week as to yeah, whether it helped or I felt like a complete yeah. idiot yeah I still started getting back into yoga it's it's a workout I'll tell you that like sometimes I'll leave drenched in sweat you know because it's that much of a workout but it definitely helps you clear your mind especially my favorite part is when they do like the sound bowls at the end and you just get into like a nice little fetal position. <laughs> you just really like this. It's this push you like to peace almost. You know, just hearing like the sounds. I don't know what it is, but that's like my favorite part of yoga. Yeah, one thing that drives me nuts about yoga is that it's, I mean, you're looking at, sorry to stereotype, middle-aged women usually mm-hmm. to uh, probably, probably younger, like mid-20s, mid-30s, whatever the yeah, case, yeah. that are doing this with ease. And then you get someone like you and me that have played sports our whole lives. Okay. We lift every single day. Yeah. And we can't do it worth shit. At all. And it's such a humbling thing, and I think that I could use that, because that would almost go hand-in-hand hand with you know, the feedback that Lee yeah, gave us. Yep. It was a very fum- fumbling, very humbling email to have read, mm-hmm. but if I can get used to doing things that make me uncomfortable, is mm-hmm. cathartic in a weird right. way. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of growth, too, is like being able to be uncomfortable in situations. You know, you're just going to grow from that experience. So one of the other things, well, really the other main thing that we're going to talk about is burnout, burnout in business, burnout in life, burnout in work. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you want to go ahead and touch on that, go ahead. It was pretty much. Yeah. So for me, burnout, like I've experienced it several times in my life. Um, And I think we all have, you know, even like with work, sometimes you get burnout. And for me, burnout is the feeling of, you know, not necessarily wanting to say if it's for work, like you don't want to necessarily go into work because you're overly stressed or overwhelmed or whatever the case may be. It's that feeling of, you know, not wanting to do something or, you know, something becoming too too much for you to bear. And so for me, and it comes back to like, you know, being more mindfulness. Um, so sometimes I just have to hit the recharge button. Like if I had a long week at work, you know, and I'm feeling burnt out come Friday, maybe Saturday I won't do anything, but veg out on the couch and watch TV all day. Um, I might, you know, go for like a long walk sometimes after work if it's too stressful or if I'm feeling burnt out or like going on vacation. Like I know a lot of employers now, especially my employer, um, offer like unlimited PTO. So they give you the option to take time whenever you need to, to kind of take a step away from work. Cause work will always be there is what I learned. No matter how late you stay, if you work seven days a week, there's still gonna be work to do. So it was like learning how to, um, create that balance work-life balance definitely hurt, helps from experiencing burnout. And it could be like with school too. I'm sure when you were sitting in your six classes and training and having like your, your puppy and all that you had going on, you was probably feeling burnt out. Oh my God, point. yeah. I mean, like anyone does in the second semester of senior year. Yeah. One of the interesting things that I think you kind of touched on very briefly was, well, now it's escaping my mind. Oh, the comment that work will always be there. All right. And, you know, you're talking, you're, I think you, you kind of took it and looked at it as at the employee level. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you look at it at the boss level, it's, it's the same concept and the same idea is that work is always there. Right. There will always be business. There will always be customers and clients and whatever the case. There's always going to be an issue to solve. And so I think that 
One of the things in regards to business when it comes to burnout is to surround yourself with the team. And we touched on that earlier. It's having people around you that you know can handle issues, Mm -hmm. at least just keep them going along until you come back. It's being able to trust people and work with people and be the dumbest person in the room when it comes to certain topics. Mm -hmm. You know, these themes that we talk about just kind of keep reverberating, coming back up or reverberating, I guess you might be the right word. Yeah. Because they are such relevant things so in common, business. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's more pronounced nowadays than it was back in the day. Because at first, like, and I'll tell you, anyone this, like, I was a person that strived under stress, you know, under pressure. You know, whether it be, like, a tight deadline or a project. But, like, the older I get, the more it starts to wear you, like, from a health standpoint. Um, so just knowing, like, that's what's causing it kind of helps me to take a step back at times. Like, all right, I need to, you know, take a personal day sometimes or... You know, like I said before, I need to, you know, make some time for myself on the weekends, whether it be, you know, implementing like a self-care routine, whether it be riding my bike or going for a walk or, you know, I'm back to running in the mornings now. So all that kind of helps to, you know, prevent me from getting to that burnt out stage. Once you get there, sometimes it's tough to get out, if that makes any sense. What do you think leads to burnout, in your opinion? I think, like you said, we're always on a go, go, go. So for me, I was one of those people that I was always on a go. Like I was, especially when I lived in Philly, I was... You know, commuting to work, coming back to the city. I have a dog, so I had to walk my dog. I was doing like intramural, intramural like basketball, intramural volleyball, you know, trying to maintain that social life. So I feel like always being on the go and not making time for yourself to kind of like relax, you know, causes that burnout. And of course, stress um, definitely leads to it as well. But I feel like just always being on the go kind of, you know, causes that, that feeling. And it's interesting that you bring up the sport ass. I mean, you, you mentioned intramural sports and all the crap that you had going on. Yeah. One of the things that I genuinely believe leads to burnout, what I've heard from a couple different people, is just having your foot on the gas for too long. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, starting a business and being an employee or an employer and just being in life, right. you have to have your foot on the gas, especially at the beginning. Yeah. You've got to go, go, go. Otherwise, it's never going to get off the ground. Right. But there's a time and place where you got to be like, okay, I can take my foot off the accelerator a little bit and let me coast for a couple minutes. Being a former college athlete, what I've really noticed is that athletes at the higher levels, whether that's high school, college, or pro, are really taught to just go balls to the wall because you need to be the best. You're aiming for a championship or you're aiming for all-conference or whatever the case is. You, your, your goal is to be the best. I think that that's everyone's goal in business. Mm-hmm. But in athletics, that's all you've got. You've got sports. There is no... There's nothing outside of it, really. Yeah, main focus. And so people that come out of athletics and have an athletic background tend to make good entrepreneurs. They tend to make good employees. Right. They tend to make good, I don't want to say friends, but you know what? I mean, you understand where I'm going with it. Right. Because they have the mentality of, I need to be the best, so I'm going to go, go, go nonstop. And so one of the things that I always kind of realize is that coming from an athletics background is, I think, you and I could be slightly more prone to burnout mm. because we don't really know when to take our foot off the yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. And I was going, this part is slightly off topic, but do you think that's where you kind of get your, your grind mode from, is from playing sports and having to juggle, you know, you know, football and, you know, keeping a certain GPA and a social life and all that? Do you think that's where you like your grind mentality came from? I think, I think absolutely. I mean, more so at the college level. I mean, we would have... You know, spring ball practices at four in the morning, and then I would have a team breakfast at six, and then we would have class all day and meetings at night. Or if it was in season, we would have, you know, 
meetings in the morning and then class all day and then practice at night, get ready for the game the next day, well, like whatever the case was, yeah. I definitely think it played a role. Mm-hmm. And I think that it kind of made me realize, hey, I've got this competitive spirit and this general sense of knowledge. Right. I think it also helped me realize how to build a team mm-hmm. and know when I need to step back on a team. You know, I was a, a practice squad quarterback and then I was a backup wide receiver when I had some shoulder issues. I tend to try to understand my place and look at things from like a third person point of view. Mm-hmm. To look, take a step back and say, you know how to do X, Y, and Z. You're really good at managing the business. You can do all of the operational stuff, right. but dude, you don't know shit about finance. What are you doing, man? <laughs> Which is why I'm drawn to you. And then I've got, you know, my buddy Damien, who I'm still waiting to introduce you to, right. is very, very keen on, you know, A, B, and C, where I'm absolutely clueless, but that's where all his expertise is. So I think that that background helped me with my grind mentality. You're absolutely right, but it helped me build a team and being able to take a step back. Mm-hmm. I don't think, excuse me, I, I do believe that it's kind of led to me being more prone to burnout, like I said. Because yeah. that grind mentality, I was never told it's to slow nonstop. down. It's yeah, yeah. There is no slowdown. Yeah. And so I think what I've gotten really, really good at, and it was more so when I stopped playing football and came down to Tampa, was realizing when it's time to take my foot off the gas. I was burnt out as hell from work and life and school. I was done. I was exhausted every single day. I was miserable. What I kind of realized is that there comes a point in the day or the night when what you're doing really isn't beneficial. If you're just reading to read and it's 1 a.m. or I'm trying to produce content and it's 1 a.m., mm-hmm. the content that I'm putting out isn't quality. The studying that I'm doing isn't isn't helping yeah all you're doing is making yourself more tired which is going to impact you the next day which means all of the content that you could be producing well the next day is going to take a hit so you're producing crappy content now you're going to produce crappy content tomorrow and you should be pissed off about it all night right and try to make better content yeah at that point so it's just this circular thing of of just garbage when you really are go 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 all the time that leads to burnout and poor production mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. Right. I don't mean to talk bad on a grind mentality. You definitely need it. Mm-hmm. One of the comments I made earlier on is that, you know, putting your foot on the gas or on the accelerator in the beginning is needed. You got to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. But then you have to have the people around you and the mental wherewithal to be like, okay, it might be time to slow down for a couple days, get like get my surroundings, we're in a good spot for a couple days, and then pick it back up in however long you need. Right. You know, you always got to be in the right mindset to go through business. You don't want to go through business tired or grouchy or just in a crappy overall mood. Yeah. And going back to like the team aspect, like sometimes it's tough to ask for help, you know, like and that's when you need a team that you can actually, you know, trust and, you know, lean on. Because sometimes, especially for men, probably for women as well, but sometimes it's hard to be like, hey, I need you to like pick up the slack, you know, even like in a relationship too, is like you want a partner because, you know, you're not going to be able to carry him, you know, 90% of the time, you know, you need that 50-50 split. So for me, what I've learned is that, you know, having a team is definitely um, crucial, especially for your success. And I just listened to a podcast today where um, the host was talking about burnout. He was like, he just started his business. I believe it was in advertising. But at one some point he was like, he was feeling so tired that he could barely like, you know, get up in the morning. He knew at that point he had to, you know, call on his team for help. And he took a vacation. He went away for like two weeks. He said he came back. Business was still, you know, good. So he was like 
Yeah, the, the windows aren't boarded up. Yeah, right, I mean, right. So it's like just learn how to trust in your team, but also learning or building a team that you can trust too. So it's like it kind of goes hand in hand, but definitely the whole team aspect, especially in business, you want to be able to you know rely on the people around you because they now that ten times they have the same you know mindset of, as you. You know they want to see the business grow, so they're going to put whatever they need to in the business. So having people like that around you is just gonna allow you to take a step back, like you say, said at times, because you need to. You know, you can't be on the go, go, go 24-7 because it's just going to become detrimental to your health and to the business. So. I couldn't set it by myself. <laughs> Did you have anything else in regards to burnout or catharsis or the feedback we received predominantly from Lee, but other people too, if you got some? I mean, going back to catharsis a little bit, um, what I've learned, especially when it comes to, you know, your emotions is being able to kind of explain why you feel that way. Um, when you're feeling stressed out, nine times out of ten is because you've been working your tail off um, and not letting necessarily your anger get the best of you, too. Um, so learning how to respond instead of react at times, whether somebody cut you off in traffic, you know, of course you want to respond by beeping a horn or react by beeping a horn and you know, give them the finger and all that, but sometimes taking a step back and just responding by, you know, taking a deep breath in, deep breath out, and keeping it moving. Um, but besides that, I think you pretty much hit it all. I mean, unless you... One thing that I want to touch on, and I wasn't going to until you said it, mm-hmm. you just corrected yourself on the difference between responding and reacting. Right. And it's something that I've heard a lot of different people talk about. Some have been entrepreneurs, some have been... I think I had a professor talk about it, and even like a high school teacher talk about it way back okay. when. There is a keen difference in responding versus reacting. You want to respond, you don't want to react in life because reactions are very quick. They're yeah, very, yeah. you know, emotional re- reactions, I guess. Yeah. They're you don't think them through. Yeah. Whereas a response is very thought through. It's a, mm-hmm. it's authentic and it's genuine right. and it's what you really mean to give back to the person. It's not an emotional response. Mm-hmm. It is thought through and also and all all of that. So the difference between a reaction and a response is not something that a lot of people think about, but when you're going in business, whether it's an employer or an employee, it's really important to respond because you're going to get a lot of bad news. What I find is that as I start to get burnt out or if I don't have that form or that avenue for catharsis and getting rid of that frustration and anxiety, I tend to react more at that point. Where I'm so built up, yeah. someone says something You're to me, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll spit in your face, and I'm ready to go, dude. Let's bring it on. Throw your gloves down. <laughs> yeah, now, that's a good point, and that's something I've learned probably in the last year or two. Was I mean, I'm always I'm like I'm a pretty chill dude, so it doesn't take much to like, you know, get me going. It takes a lot to get me going, I should say. Um, but learning how to re- respond instead of react is so uh, key, especially in business. If you're a business owner and you have employees, you can't, you know, berate your employee or, you know, talk down to them because of a mistake they may have made. So you got to respond in that situation. You got to, you know, work it out with them, um, talk it through, make sure, you know, they don't make sure they know the mistake they, they've committed so that they don't do it again. So um, you can't, you know, react all the time. You got to, you know, take some time and think it through and respond, even if that means, you know, taking a step outside and like walking around real quick and coming back so you don't you know say things you don't you know necessarily want to convey to that person you know it it takes you know sometimes you just like i said just taking a step out 
taking a couple deep breaths and coming back to the situation instead of, you know, just, you know, reacting. For the record, I mean, like that also goes for relationships. It's not just a business or a work thing. Yeah, that's true. One thing true. that I've been with my girlfriend for eight months, seven, something, I, seven or eight months. I have no idea. What we are very good about is my girlfriend and I don't fight. We have conversations because I don't believe that I don't believe that fights get resolved. Fights lead to long-term issues. Mm-hmm. Conversations lead to problems being solved. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest things that I have tried to do, because I've had you know relationships in the past, I'm not much of a communicator. I've really tried to be intentional about communicating with her, and so in doing that, I found myself responding instead of reacting, and I think it's really really helped that avenue of my life as well, where there isn't a lot of stress that. Um, oh crap! She's mad at me again. Where we don't have that issue, yeah. you know, because we we are very intentional about having that open and honest communication and responding instead of reacting. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because communication is key in a relationship, any type of relationship, whether it be platonic or romantic. Um, but definitely, like your situation and situations in, in my past too, it's like I've learned that you know arguing or fighting is not going to get the you know situation solved. You know, actually sitting down and having a clear, you know communication between each other, hearing their point of view, them hearing your point of view, and putting the work in to kind of work through that is definitely what's going to solve the issue, not you guys yelling at each other for a half an hour and then, you know, thinking that's going to solve the issue. And sometimes you need to take, you know, time and space apart too. I've noticed it then come back and then that's able to have like a better, you know, conversation. Respond accordingly. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So I'm glad you touched on that. That was, that was good. All right, guys, I think it's about that time in the podcast where we are going to open up our big old book of questions oh, and we'll... I always feel like a politician when you have <laughs> the questions. I'm like, uh... How do, I, how do I answer this? I don't like that one. I don't... These are... I'll let you go first this time, too. All right, we're going to do question 376. What relationship or friendship do you regret having ended? This is an interesting one that I have a pretty easy answer for. I, and I've said this for years, really only ever had two regrets in my life. The first was I had a buddy growing up who mm-hmm. took his own life. He was in, a, in the hospital for a couple of days, and I wound up not visiting him. He wound up passing, and I didn't get to go see him, and that will forever and always be my number one regret. Number two has been for years, when I moved down here, Little little backstory. I dated my current girlfriend back up in Minnesota uh, for I, five or six months. When I moved down here, we broke up because I said this is something that I need to do on my own. I need to make my own friends outside of sports. I need to grow and figure out who I am. My biggest regret was always telling her not to come to Florida with me. And life got weird. She moved down to Georgia with her mom. We reconnected and she wound up moving down to Florida. And so... I always regretted ending that relationship because I'd never had someone that really cared about me the way that she did, supported the dreams that I had, you know, these delusions of grandeur that I may have about having this big business empire. Yeah. And, you know, I can only imagine her sitting in bed <laughs> yeah. at night, like, okay, Justin, I've, I've heard, I've seen the thousand <laughs> Put my tin hat on, drawing out lines of where we're going to go. And, <laughs> but she supported me through all of it. And I always regretted telling her not to come to Florida with me. And, it's interesting the way life works out where now she's here. So I don't really have to regret it anymore because I'm very grateful for the way things planned out. I don't know that I would have gotten the jobs that I got and met the people that I had. I don't know that I would have started that first business or now started my second one. You never know. And so I regretted it. I did for about two years. 
And now she's down here, so I don't really have to regret that one too much anymore. Right, it worked out at the end of the day. Nice. Uh, for me, I would say recently, um, it was uh, a friend that we kind of dated. We were kind of friends. We kind of <laughs> oh, dated. Boy. Uh, so it was like a, a lot of back and forth for for a long time, but um, whenever we were like with each other, we had a lot of a lot of good times, a lot of good memories. Um, things always came easy, whether it be like conversation or hanging out or doing X, Y, and Z. And um, unfortunately, we're we're not friends at the moment. I still hope we can be friends at some point, but they'll they'll be back. Don't worry. Yeah, I just I just know at, at this point in our lives, I feel like. We're both doing, you know, some work on ourselves and we both need to needed to do that work. So, you know, I, I don't know what the future holds and I've told her this before. You know, if she listens to this, hopefully uh, she does. But, you know, I do hope we get back on, you know, some kind of reconciliation, reconnection as far as friends. And um, because we, we definitely had a good connection and something I kind of miss um, right now. But, yeah, that's the one friendship slash Whatever you want to say. I, say. I don't think you and I really burn yeah. bridges. You know, we, no. we generally try to keep people around. Yeah, definitely. We I mean, we're good people. Like, it's it's hard for, you know, people to let good people go, you know? So it's like, if I was a dick or an asshole, I can understand people like, all right, Dan, I want to talk to you again. But, you know, I know at some point they'll realize, you know, you know, that was a good, a good person. So it's hard to burn bridges with people that, you know, that are genuine and authentic. So Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you like the answers to question, I don't know, I think it was 379, 376, excuse me, and kind of enjoyed today's episode. I think we talked about some stuff that's really important in business. Uh, so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we're getting, getting, getting into the nitty gritty when it comes to business. So. And just a reminder, we do have an email set up that is swbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. So if you guys have feedback or prompts that you want to talk about, shoot us an email. We also set up the Instagram literally probably an hour ago. It is small period world period business. So haven't posted anything on there yet because we really haven't had time. We set it up and then sat down to get to work. But if you guys got prompts or anything, go ahead and throw it a follow. Shoot us a DM, whatever you guys got. And hopefully we'll be having guests on here soon that you guys can hear some new voices that aren't just me and you. (laughs) I'm like, these guys again? (laughs) Well, yeah, thanks Thanks a lot for listening to us. Very much appreciate it. All right, y'all. See you next week. Peace.